Welcome, everybody, to the Split Six Podcast, the podcast where we split a six-pack and talk about three different topics each over the course of one beer. I'm your host, as always, Nick Wigel, and I'm joined for the uh, however many times that you've been on. Vinny Monea is back on the podcast, everybody. Vince, what's up? What's new? How are you? Well, uh, hello, Nick. Thank you uh, once again for inviting me on your awesome podcast. Uh, so... My toes were actually feeling a little cold, but your dog Stella is laying on my feet right now, and she is a an a very capable hot water bottle. My toes are no longer cold. There we go, Stella. If you hear that little crunching noise in the background, it's because she is eating a bone, as she tends to do to try to ruin all of my podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, Vince, this has been your... I mean, if you were to put an estimate on it, how many times do you think you've been on this podcast? Um, I'm gonna say like four, uh, five if you count the lost episode with uh, me uh, and Sharon, which we need to try and do another one of those. The lost episode that I still kept in my tallies, I believe. Actually, I don't. I I don't remember what I did with it, but I believe I still put the beer up there. But yeah, didn't. <laughs> Uh, uh, thank you to Brian Nyson for that one, for not ever sending me his file and it getting corrupted. Whatever. <laughs> Way to go, Brian. It, it's it's a shame because I expressed so much like hatred and racism in that episode, and I'm really disappointed there isn't like an easily searchable record of my like passionate bigotry. I actually don't think you're lying about that because I think we made fun of a bunch of Italians on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the. the the next time uh, me and Sharon uh, are on, I'm going to have to express some other kind of bigotry. I'm, I'm thinking maybe uh, Islamophobia or <laughs> maybe like a hatred of gay people. One of the two, maybe both. I think you missed your time on that because four years is over, which we will get to later. But before Darn it. <laughs> oh, man. Vince, what are we drinking tonight? <laughs> so we are drinking... Uh, Wanderland Nectarine Ale from Sierra Nevada. Like, well, Nick, this beer looks just delectable enough to, you know, help wash away the sorrow of remembering that racism <laughs> isn't cool anymore. Um, it is 7.5 ABV, and it says on the back, set out to see where the adventure leads. Roam until your paradise appears. Like this juicy golden sunset of a brew. Take it all in with an aroma of just picked fruit, bold hop flavor, and a bright burst of nectarine. Enjoy the ride. I think that I will. Your opener's right there. Thank Let's crack you. these and give our initial reviews. This is a strong one, Vince. One of the stronger ones we've ever done in this podcast. So I'm um, uh, meet you at the bottom. Yes. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, my friend. You know, for... um. A beer with this much ABV, it doesn't taste that strong. No, it doesn't. Uh, what is the um, seven point five percent by volume? Yeah, which is more than a two-hearted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm. I'm drunk already. Oh my god! <laughs> like, uh, and yeah, you're right. It doesn't taste like a soup. Like it has a high alcohol content, and especially with a, a fruit beer, mm. like you don't associate those with you know being really strong mm -hmm. with alcohol content aka this is a dangerous beer for yes. those of you out yes. there who are wanderers <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> but um a solid beer um 
I, I like it uh, for the initial thing. It does. You can tell that it's brewed with nectarines, which is something I haven't. We were talking before the pot. I've not had since I was a child with you. Mm. Nectarines and apricots. Ne- nectar- ne- nectarines and apricots, both delicious, and I like it on. Beer number one. Uh, I like it that the on um, the bottle art, there's some campers, you know, looking off into the horizon. There's just a giant nectarine there. It's like I, I like to imagine that this is like the uh, indie like film student indie film version of James and the Giant Peach, but it's like <laughs> Wanda and the Giant Nectarine. <laughs> I I agree with that assessment of it. You know, um, where is Sierra Nevada? Uh, it's in Chico, California. Nice. Uh, or Mills River, North Carolina. Um, but anyways. <laughs> Vince actually did not have anything prepared for sports, so you're going to have to let me take the reins on this one. I know you guys are all used to whenever Vince coming on the pod, he always has the topics prepared and well thought out, but we're flying solo on this one, everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, um, some interesting things. The NFL playoffs are underway, and the conference championships games are this Sunday. You're, and it's going to feature Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And then on the AFC side, you're going to have Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills going against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Vince, I'm certain that two of those names of the quarterbacks that I've mentioned you've heard before, and I'm pretty certain there's two of them where you haven't heard before. <laughs> you, you have guessed correctly. <laughs> so I did some research on this. Very, very vague research. But yeah. So the first game, Green Bay against uh, Tampa Bay, which is... Oh, Battle of the Bays. I didn't realize that. Mm. I don't know if that's ever happened before. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be the first time Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady square off in a playoff game. Their combined age is 80 years old. Yes. Um, they are... Senior citizen football. <laughs> Tom Brady is 43 and Aaron Rodgers is 37, um, which is crazy. They're two of the oldest quarterbacks in the league that are still playing at a very high level that are starters. Yeah. And then you, got, and then you juxtapose that with the other side. Josh Allen... And Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes widely regarded as the best quarterback playing in the game right now. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen is one of the young rising stars. Their ages are Josh Allen is 24 and Patrick Mahomes is 25, making them a combined uh, 49. So mm-hmm. you got the battle of the old people and the battle of the young people on the other side. And you're going to, at the Super Bowl, regardless of the outcome of each game, you're going to have old versus young. And we'll see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. But. I know you don't have any strong opinions of this, Vince, but give me some random guesses on who's going to win each game. Um, let's see here. So, so Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? So I I think uh you know so I think Tom Brady you know learned his lesson from Deflate Gate, and this time it's going to be over Inflate Gate, and the <laughs> the his footballs are going to be like so over inflated that he just throws them and they fly like right into the end zone. I mean, trust me, Tom Brady's balls are already over inflated with the career he's had. <laughs> Those are some big kahunas there than that man. <laughs> Again, we can't have a playoff without Tom Brady in it. I don't remember the last time that Tom Brady's not made the playoffs unless it was due to injury. Actually, I think that's the only time he didn't make the playoffs was because of injury, which is an insane career, and this is his first year not on the New England Patriots. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's on a new team, Tampa Bay. Shout-out to Dave Jeremy because that's his favorite team. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going against Aaron Rodgers, who's made made and won one Super Bowl, um, but made it to this the championship game a bunch of times, um, including last year, I believe. Um, Green Bay's the favorite, but do you believe in the magic of Tom Brady? Because there is somebody on this uh, sports field that is touched by God. It is Tom Brady. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's like uh, the the NFL is just going to have to make some kind of rule that even even after Tom Brady retires from like actually playing football, mm-hmm. that yeah, he just has years. to be yeah, he just <laughs> has to be there like in order for a Super Bowl game to happen. Um, yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I at the beginning of the playoffs, I picked Tampa Bay to play the Chiefs in the. Super Bowl just because of the magic of Tom Brady but Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers has looked unbeatable um and I don't know Green Bay's home they're playing in the cold weather which Tom Brady is used to from playing in Foxborough um mm-hmm. in his entire career until he got to sunny Tampa Bay mm-hmm. um so I don't think that's gonna be much of an issue for him maybe the rest of his team though um I don't know uh it's gonna be exciting and then we move over to the afc we got josh allen of the buffalo bills Mm -hmm. who has had like one of the biggest um increases in performance since the previous season that i've ever seen uh in an nfl player especially a quarterback Mm -hmm. against patrick mahomes the future greatest quarterback of all time probably because he patrick mahomes won the super bowl last year in the kansas city chiefs Mm -hmm. um but patrick mahomes did suffer a concussion and had to be pulled out of last game and has a toe injury but he practiced today, so it looks like he'll be playing, and I hope he's playing because that's both of these games are going to be fun. Um, but I got Patrick Holmes going and uh, winning the Super Bowl again because he is great, and his uh, cast of teammates around him on offense are like unstoppable. Hmm. Um, but yeah, you got any strong opinions of uh, the Buffalo Bills going into Kansas City into Arrowhead Stadium to take on the widely favorited Kansas City Chiefs? So. What I want to happen is a bunch of uh, a herd of buffalo wearing like football uniforms, like mm-hmm. charging into the city, and then like arrowheads, you know, are being shot into them <laughs> from like actual like archers. But then like kind of like the the like Iron Town versus the Boar Spirit in Princess Mononoke. I just want to see like just a wholesale slaughter between <laughs> giant four legged animals and I'm humans certain, with ranged weapons. I'm certain everybody gets that reference. What, I want uh, <laughs> clearly everyone listening to this gets that <laughs> reference. You know, it would be a fun Super Bowl for ridiculous reasons. If the Packers win and the Bills win. Um, Because the Packers are notably, they have the cheese heads. They have the Mm -hmm. giant blocks of Swiss cheese in their head. Gosh, those make me hungry. And the Buffalo Bills fans have now started doing wing heads. They have buffalo wing hats on. (laughs) That would be a really funny Super Bowl. (laughs) That would be awesome. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Buffalo Wild Wings could do, like, some kind of promotion where they do, like, a special, like, cheese buffalo sauce or something. (laughs) For the marketing aspects, Come on, we got to get that in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so I've always wondered, though, like, uh, which part of the buffalo is the wing? Like, where do they get those little drummies from? Um, well, I think they get them from chickens. Okay, and where <laughs> is the chicken in the anatomy of the buffalo? <laughs> On the wing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, did the chicken come before the egg? No, the buffalo yeah, came first. Exactly. <laughs> Which is completely not true. That came uh, more recently, if you believe in evolution like you should. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so that's the NFL playoffs. Uh, give me – I mean, honestly, give me Green Bay against Kansas City. That's a good storyline, too, because mm-hmm. you got uh, Aaron Rodgers, who's likely to win the MVP, against Patrick Mahomes, who – won the MVP, or didn't win the MVP last year, but um, was second runner-up, or probably going to be second runner-up in the MVP. So let me see that shoot out of a Super Bowl. Hmm. Um, or give me Tom Brady. I mean, I don't NFC side, I don't really care. Actually, you know, this is going to be a great Super Bowl regardless. It's mm-hmm. going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I'm, I am looking forward to it. Uh, I, you know, sad that I can't, you know won't be able to devour like uh, a grotesque amount of pizza in front of a live audience this year yep but i still am looking forward to the super Bowl. yeah it's i mean i don't know what benny's is doing but i think restaurants are opening up on the first here i doubt they're going to be doing a super bowl party because i don't see how you at like half capacity you can make money off of that i mean especially like you know how can they enforce social distancing when i never leave the buffet table <laughs> right yeah you can't have a buffet table yeah this. so yeah it's sad it's gonna be the first time like in a in, in like a decade that i haven't been at benny's for the super bowl since i started mm-hmm. working in, in probably like 15 years to be honest dang that's yeah but you know um covid ruins everything it really does <laughs> like uh I, I'm regardless though I'm a, like personal goal I want to make like homemade like dip chip dip like ranch style chip dip mm-hmm. and like I want like a whole like family sized bag of potato chips to myself and just <laughs> eating like a big bowl of ranch like chip dip and as long as I can still do that, I'll be happy. Well, Vince, you can do that. <laughs> can you even you don't because you don't have cable at your house. Can you even watch the Super Bowl then? Yeah, I mean it's on like the oh it's on it? antenna probably. Yeah, yeah, we do have an antenna. Word, word, word. Yeah, and and, and to, to, to all you to, to all you sports fans out there, like uh, I I am sorry, like. I would normally have at least be able to contribute to this in some way, but I, I, I I'm so busy right now. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I all I can all I can offer to this is like tell you about like the disgustingly large amount of potato <laughs> chips I'm gonna eat. I wonder how that's gonna be in terms of. Uh... Like the whole U.S. economy, that's like a lot of it's based around the Super Bowl. You know, like this time of the year, like mm-hmm. there's gonna be so many places, like even Benny's, that aren't gonna be having these kind of uh, events. Mm-hmm. And you know, I haven't watched Super Bowl at my house, and like I said, like I, I, I honestly don't remember the the. I have not watched Super Bowl at the house since I didn't live with my parents. The last time I remember watching it at my house was like probably 2004. Mm-hmm. And this will this will very likely be the first time since then that I will be watching it at my house, <laughs> quite wow. possibly by myself. And you know, you know what might be great? Maybe not being extremely devastatingly hungover on the day after. <laughs> <laughs> um, but other than that, um, so that basically covers the NFL playoffs. But there are there is a lot of lo- local Lions news that has Ooh, happened. Do tell. We just hired our next GM and our next head coach. What? 
Brad, we're our, our GM has been hired. He is Brad Holmes of the uh, Los Angeles Rams. He was ahead of their like um, college scouting department or something like that. So he's been like in charge of their drafts essentially. Okay. And the Rams have had like one of the better drafts. Um, in, in recent memory of the team, so excited about him. Yeah. Um, our coach is going to be Dan Campbell of the New Orleans Saints. He was their assistant head coach and their tight ends coach. Um, very inex- both of them are very inexperienced at the jobs they've been given, but uh, it's exciting because it's something new, first of all, and it's not the Patriot way like we just tried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> nice catch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh... the beer is hitting Vince already. He almost just spilt that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, uh, yeah. That, seriously, that Matthew Patricia's tenure with the Lions was extremely disappointing. Um, yeah, very like disastrous, and like even cost me a lot of my like um, diehard fanship because like like this last year and a half that they've been doing it, like I've just kind of given up hope, like realizing like wow, this is terrible. And then Bob Quinn, our old GM, mm-hmm. just like filled our roster with terrible players and was just just bonkers like i'm always someone that's going to spin everything the lions do in a positive way yeah and like um in terms of future things maybe not how they're going currently but man that made me lose hope in the lions where i'm like fucking kind of rooting for green bay over here in the playoffs Mm. our arch nemesis Mm. (laughs) and um uh yeah i'm so excited to so so Maddie Patty didn't even like you can't it w- it wouldn't even be right to say that he built on the team that was there and left it in a better position for the next head coach. Nope, he left it in probably the worst position in the league. Wow. It, it, like if we didn't have Matthew Stafford on our team, we mm. would probably not win a single game. I, <laughs> and I don't I don't think that's an understatement. I think that is I believe you. Totally true. Um, and, and and so who so our new you said our new GM Brad uh, Holmes Brad Holmes and who's our new head coach Dan Campbell Dan Campbell no relation to the soup no relation to soup I don't believe <laughs> um, uh, he's been in New Orleans for a while um, you know they, they New Orleans has been one of a perennial contender for a long time yeah um, a, the Saints aren't bad right yeah they're I mean they are going to heaven so yeah <laughs> right exactly I got that going for him. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, he's, he's supposed to be a leader of men, like a really good leader. Like it's going to depend on like a lot of the coordinators he put around, he puts around him. Cause I'm not sure if he has, um, yeah, actually, I don't know. Like people always make a big deal of like, oh yeah, he's not like this, um, uh, experienced in like play calling or whatnot. Like, I don't really know if that matters if you have coordinators, mm-hmm. like, and also just fucking call plays. Like it's all about the talent that's around you, and if you can get them to buy into like some philosophy and how fucking gutsy you are mm-hmm. with going like embracing the the way the league evolves. Like, and that's what Brad Holmes says in his uh, introduction. He's like, we're going to uh, like evolve with the league, like rapidly evolve, which I think is missing for a lot of franchises in the league because they're all you know they're all led by a bunch of old people mm-hmm. like where they're stuck in their ways you know kind of like they're, politics they're 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 uh yeah and no, i think it was well said uh, and and i think yeah getting i th- matthew patricia's tenure really proved that like 
we need like from some young blood in yeah. the lion's leadership we need new ideas because it's not you don't want to copy other people's ideas you want to create something else that can't be beat and like it, until it, it, until it's figured out because it will eventually be beat it, it reminds me of um how like uh you know the the in ye olden times you know the uh the the legions of ancient rome were you know just like that that was the dominant military power in the world uh you know back in antiquity and um there were some other nations that attempted to uh copy uh rome's uh war gear and strategies Mm -hmm. and it you know some of them had like a uh you know a degree of success but the only nations or armies to ever like give deliver like devastating defeats to rome were those that actually like came up with their own like strategies uh you know that were effective at like uh, you know countering rome's strategies like just trying to do what the romans did but worse and less didn't work and i feel like that that's what you know uh we the lions are trying to be we're trying to be like the seleucid empire of, i mean uh, yeah, we gotta try i i don't know A, another <laughs> you know popular reference that everyone's gonna get <laughs> Uh, yeah, like I don't, I don't mind them go. Like, so the thing with their last um, coaching and GM hire, the Lions, mm-hmm. they were both people that were never been head, never been had been head coaches, never had been a GM before. Mm-hmm. But they followed the Patriot way, like trying to re- replicate the Patriots' success. Mm-hmm. But the thing with the Patriots is they have two things that are unequivocally irreplaceable in Tom Brady mm-hmm. and their coach Bill Belichick, um, <laughs> which are two of the uh, like always have been the like and look at the Patriots this year they didn't make the playoffs for the for the first time in a long time mm-hmm. um and Tom, look at Tom Brady he's in a championship game right now like you can't really replicate that without mm-hmm. catching lightning in a bottle um, it, it it's like whenever you whenever I hear about Bill Belichick I just think of pizza and I just imagine Bill <laughs> Belichick like dressed like an Italian like pizza chef, and I just imagine him like he's like you know he has the apron, the big hat, and he's like you know tossing a pizza crust, you know making all pissed pizza. off and shit. Yeah, and like yelling and cussing at people. Oh, you're picturing Lou from <laughs> Benny's. <laughs> <laughs> Lou, the Bill Belichick of pizza. <laughs> oh, we love you, Lou. If you're listening to this. Um, uh, yeah, so, like, I'm excited to, like, have these uh, this other new way because, like, what Brad Holmes said, like, rapid evolution, which is a term I haven't really heard before in regards to the NFL. Like, I like that term mm-hmm. because it is rapidly evolving and mm-hmm. everything is changing. And if you're going to embrace that aspect of it, then that is a good uh, – at least, at least, it, it, it does inspire hope. Mm-hmm. Um, for it's all the lines I've ever had. It's just hope mm-hmm. since the, since I was one year old when we won our last playoff game. It, it, it's like that that line from the the Lord of the Rings where uh, um, you know the Gandalf is asked like, uh, is there is there really is there really any hope? And he replies, No, there there never really was much hope. 
Only a fool's hope. <laughs> I feel like that applies to the Lions. Yeah, that does apply a lot to the Lions, actually. <laughs> so, you know, expectat- like uh, the expectations have been beaten out of me, especially with this last regime we just went through. But, you know, seeds of hope can grow quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big question is, what are the Lions going to do with Matthew Stafford? Mm. Because he's got two years left on his deal. Yeah, um, He is starting to age. He's starting to look a little injury prone. Like he was early in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, so right now is the prime opportunity to trade him. Because not that I, I mean, I love Matthew Stafford. I love him as a Lions quarterback. But we are, our team is so decimated right now. Our defense is so bad. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we, I don't think we would win a single game if he wasn't our quarterback. Uh, I, yeah, I have to agree with you on that. That even just as a casual football fan like me, yeah. Lions defense is terrible. Yeah, we watched the first little bit of the game in Thanksgiving together, mm. and then we went and played a board game. And <laughs> I remember <laughs> um, uh, your mom looking over like, "Oh, the line just scored." I was like, "Oh, what's the what's the score?" She was like, "Oh, you don't want to know. It's not good." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they got smoked by the Texans. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like uh, you know, I, I think I actually you know the the a lot of the points I made about the Lions in the last solo episode of Split Six that I was on mm-hmm. um, still stand, um, but it, it's it's just like you have so money, you, like money isn't an issue, like fan love isn't an issue. Well, it is. Mer- you have merchandising <laughs> opportunities. Like, why do you suck so well, hard? Okay, are you aware of the salary cap? No. So the salary cap is like you're only allowed to play your play pay your players a certain amount of money mm-hmm. like to, to make like a parody across the league like, okay with everything else it doesn't matter about the salary cap if it's managed poorly mm-hmm. then you're kind of fucked like there's some teams out like the lions aren't one of those teams because we haven't spent money but this is gonna be the first year in a long time that the salary cap actually goes down because it's based on like the revenue from the previous year and mm. it's covid yeah um so yeah. the lions are gonna be okay i think mm-hmm. um with that but we also have a lot of players that are like Kenny Galladay, our best wide receiver, is a free agent unless we franchise tag him. Our second best wide receiver, Marvin Jones, is going to be a free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're both expected to leave, which is going to leave us with Quintez Cephas, who, which regardless of your cool ass name, you're a, it's going to be your second year receiver, and you're not fast, and you can't be the only one. You can be easily taken away by a defense if that's your only weapon. When when you say Qu- Quintez Cephas, yeah. So I just think of someone like squeezing a lime and the juice spraying everywhere. Well, it's nice to get an insight into your mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I have to offer here. <laughs> But um, uh, Stafford, like, there's, that's the, that's the big decision. What we're gonna see, like, do you keep Stafford? Do you trade him and get a new quarterback and start rebuilding next? We're picking seven over, seventh overall in the draft, and you, normally you shouldn't be picking this high every year. <laughs> but there's some good quarterbacks coming out this year, and also there's some lottery tickets that you could take because you didn't get to see their tape from this year because some of them have opted out from playing in college football because of COVID. Ah, um, okay. So I, I mean I'm that. I'm hoping for there's basically there's three options. Mm-hmm. Either you trade Stafford, mm-hmm. get some picks because you're probably going to get at least a first round pick and probably something else, mm-hmm. um, and then you draft a quarterback, or you draft a quarterback, keep Stafford, and let Stafford play another year, um, and then maybe you trade him and move on, or maybe you keep him until the end of his contract and let let him groom the young quarterback into um, the to taking over the franchise. I, I, and the third option mm-hmm. is. 
do you keep Stafford, you don't draft a quarterback, and you try to retool this team and win on the go, which is my least favorite of the options and probably the most likely of the options because they're the fucking Lions. Eh. So the, you, I'm going to assume you think the second option would be the best, where I, you have Stafford like groom the new quarterback. I'm pretty much 50-50 with the first two options. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea of getting another draft pick. Um, well, the quarterback I want them to take uh, for no reason other than I like his name and I like his potential um, is Trey Lance. Um, mm. He's from North Dakota State, cool. but he didn't play this year, but he was – projected third overall the third overall quarterback um coming into this draft like an early mock um but he's got a cool name um i think he's athletic Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i don't know i i I, I like the unknown and i like the risk i i whatever happens when you know if they do decide to you know bring in a new quarterback because you know matthew stafford is you know, uh, he's a good quarterback. Right. You know, uh, I feel bad for him that, you know, I feel like if he wasn't saddled with the Lions, oh, his yeah. career could have been way more successful. He would have at least won a playoff game. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and not only been three times. So I feel bad for him. And so, but you're right, he is getting on there in terms of years, in terms of, like, when you're, like, football age. Well, I mean, if he plays as long as Tom Brady, he still has more than a decade left. True, (laughs) true. But if they do decide to, like, you know, get a new quarterback, I hope they, what I hope they do to, like, honor him is I hope they, like, start a game and they bring out, like, like, a... a, a big drone one of the ones that has like the the four like propellers on it like every and, drone and uh well so so like not a predator or drone but <laughs> every drone that real people have access to yes um and uh, it just has like a football in the center of it and uh, they bring that out they 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 bring stafford out and stafford just grabs onto the football and they just fly the the drone off into the sky and yeah. like <laughs> stafford well, like just flies <laughs> away into the horizon i mean stafford's career is still he's still got plenty of years left um but i don't know i like when your team is this bad and you're making it this good like Stafford's just going to hinder us because, like, the better, the more games you win, the worse your draft is. Mm-hmm. And we need, like, a solid, like, I mean, you can turn it around quickly in the NFL, but you need, like, a solid at least two years of being sucky to, like, if you want to become championship contenders, mm-hmm. you know, or just really amazing drafting, which hopefully Brad Holmes brings to this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, <laughs> like, if next year we go into the season with our new draft picks, a new quarterback who is probably not going to be very good coming out of the gates mm-hmm. in our terrible defense, who is not going to be not going to be fixed. Then like, you know, okay, then we get another like top 10 pick. Then we start building that momentum and start uh, actually seeing things other than if we keep Stafford and we draft in the middle, then we're just, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, it, I don't, we're I, in a bad situation. It sounds like it's all of Detroit sports. It's not even just the lions, the red wings, yeah, the, all of the Detroit, which, I mean, I I think I'd meant we talked about this the last time mm. solo episode. I've been talking about this for like two years. But it's like, yeah, it is. It's like, why do you, like how how is it that like all our we we have a, a football team, a basketball team, a hockey team that used to be really good, like a baseball team that is yeah. now like yeah. 
like it, it he also this, used to be really good. The stars have aligned in the worst ways for Detroit. Why do all our teams suck so hard? <laughs> I mean, the Lions is mismanagement. The Pistons is being mediocre for so long. Just same as the Lions, like just like like living in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tigers, Malcolm in the middle of sports teams. <laughs> the Tigers and the Red Wings have. Uh, reasonable excuses because the Tigers were like on top for a while though they never won a World Series when they had everybody mm-hmm. but they were like constantly competing for World Series and been to a couple mm-hmm. you know Red Wings had an, a stellar run of 25 years in a row making the the playoffs which never happens mm-hmm. and won a bunch of cups for us yeah um so yeah those like needed rebuilding phases and they're yeah. They're both, I think, rebuilding strongly. Like we have Eiserman as our GM for the Red Wings now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one of our perennial all, a perennial All Star when he played with us, yeah. and one of like the the city's favorite sports players of all time. You know, because you're not a big hockey fan, but you know who fucking Steve Eiserman is. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's it's like uh, I remember way back in the day. Like uh, watching the news with my dad because me and Nino would you know we'd always watch the news with one of our parents. Um, uh, and uh, I remember like the the Red Wings were at some away game, and there was this like seafood place that was talking about yeah we love the Red Wings. Like a bunch of people like came in and bought all of our octopi that we had in mm-hmm. stock because of the red wings and so we put in this huge order of octopi so yay red wings fans you know there's and and like i guess someone threw an octopus onto the well that's a thing that's a thing that red wings fans do yeah and and so i want it to be that just like in every red wings game there's just a bunch of like angry fans throwing dead octopi onto the other team so that they get distracted (laughs) it's actually a good thing when they do well like it's like a traditional thing like you throw the octopus on the ice like i think when the red wings are doing good just like you know it it it, i don't know the lore of it i think it signaled the eight legs of the playoffs back in the day Mm -hmm. um but i don't know if that's true um but there's next year there's going to be a new expansion nhl team which is going to be the Seattle Kraken, and Ooh. I hope they don't take that away from us. Uh, I know also the the Red Wings, the name of uh, an elite uh, airship crew in Final Fantasy IV. <laughs> <laughs> there we go again. <laughs> yeah. Pistons are now just starting their rebuild. Um, you know, we got Blake Griffin on his last leg. We've got some young, exciting talents. Um uh, uh, Tigers I'm actually most excited for, not that I give a shit about baseball, but it seems like they're doing it the most right. They have, like, a lot of young pitching. Beer number two, entertainment. But, yeah, um, I'm hoping that if all these teams do it right, the uh, the mid to late 20s could be dominated by Detroit sports. Because if everyone's bad at the same time, they should rise up and be good at the same time. Except for the Lions, because they're the Lions. Yeah, they're they're forever cursed to suck. It's like I said, it, it's comforting. Mm-hmm. Just it's so depend. They de- they suck so dependably. I think I need to sacrifice my dad in a pillar of fire. <laughs> <laughs> like may Relor bless the Lions. <laughs> Sorry, pops. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, on to entertainment. Vince, you have some stuff prepared for this segment. You did you did just fine with the sports segment. So I don't know what you were nervous about. <laughs> or maybe it was me i don't know <laughs> yeah that was all you that was all you like uh um so uh you know uh school is um 
you know, nearing its conclusion uh, for me. Uh, so uh, between uh, work and uh, school being more demanding than ever, you know, because I only have like uh, four weeks thereabouts left in my program mm-hmm. um, and combined with trying to stay abreast of all the uh, political madness uh i'm and just given how just like embarrassingly shamefully slow i am at every conceivable (laughs) thing like i am really impressed with myself that i've been able to squeeze in some entertainment doohickeys hell yeah well i guess congratulations (laughs) yeah so um uh First thing I want to bring up with entertainment is so you're probably thinking, Nick, uh, you know, Vince, you disgusting liar. The last solo episode you were on, you mentioned that the new Dune movie was supposed to be released in 2020. <laughs> Where's that new Dune movie, Vince? Yeah. Why do you lie so much? Where the fuck is Timothy Chalamet? <laughs> yeah, so uh, the uh, new Dune movie, the Dune, new Dune movie, uh, its new release date is October 1st, 2021. So, yeah, sorry about that. They they were originally planning to release it in the end of 2020. But so they, I can... they, they delayed it by a year. Yes. <laughs> Fucking COVID, man. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Still super amped for that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> also, um, uh, so something that I, I mentioned in the episode, I think, where I was on with Jordan Lang and James Grenfell, mm-hmm. is so... A uh, new video game I have been playing recently, sparsely, but recently, uh, Undertale. Like, I am loving this game. What's Nick. it on? What's it about? So, it's on every conceivable thing you can play video games on. Even the Switch? Yes. Even the Switch. What especially you, the Switch. What, is that what you're playing it on? No, I'm actually playing it on the PC. Oh. But I <laughs> bought it on the Switch and then forgot I bought it on the Switch and then bought it on the PC. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll buy it, play it on the PC now. Oh, wow, I would say I'm shocked, but I'm not. <laughs> yes, I have it. I have it on both. <laughs> um, and so uh, it is one of the it, so it is one of the best uh, turn-based RPGs I've played in ages. Ugh, so we'll get this. So it has a super unique combat system. So Nick, you know that um, that old like uh, arcade game? What's it called? Like uh, Asteroids, where you're the little like triangle ship and you got to move around the screen of the asteroids. Yeah, like, Asteroids or Galaga. Yeah. Uh, I think it's at wait no no asteroids you're right right Galaga's more like the one that's like Space Invaders yeah so um when uh combat starts you know so you know it's you know you you have your turn and there's some actions you can take and it's like very uh there's a lot it's very normal turn-based RPG stuff but when it's the enemy's turn it turns into a like a 10 second long game of asteroids where you have a little like marker that you got to move around to avoid enemy attacks and um when i at first started playing i'm like oh that's kind of novel but i'm sure this is going to get old and it's like i'm like 10 hours i'm playing the game for like i have 10 hours logged in the game and they i am so impressed with how create how many creative attack variants they have with this combat system 
And when you fight, like, groups of enemies, their different attacks, like, combo together. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they get more dangerous as you go, or when there are groups of enemies. Like, so, like, um, you know, like I mentioned, how, like, asteroids. It's, like, it's you're moving a guy around. There are some asteroids filling your screen. Just dodge the asteroids. Yeah. At first, the enemy's attacks are all like that. Very simple. But then, like, uh, um you have like an enemy that's like a bodybuilder and so when the enemy attacks like it's like a flexing arm like on the screen that you got to move <laughs> out of the way of and then like so so like warrior wear type shit yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, and then if you fight the bodybuilder enemy with, like, a toilet bowl enemy, then there's, like, a urinal cake sliding around the screen, too, and it leaves a little streak behind it. So and so it, it, it's, it's the combat system's super fun. So basically it's, like, um, like let's say, like, because like, I could always relate RPGs because, like, a lot of people don't know what they are, but, like, everyone knows what Pokemon is. Yeah. Like, the, yep. like one of the That's original That's a good RPA, example RPGs. for a turn-based RPG, yeah. So, like, Charizard does fire spin. Mm-hmm. And then you get to, you get a chance to, rather than, like, it being random whether it misses or not, mm-hmm. you get a chance to use your skill to maneuver around the fire spin, even mm-hmm. though, like, probably, there's probably some super powerful attacks that are, like, almost impossible to move, maneuver around, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, but you can. If you're skillful enough, you can go through the whole game and not take any damage, pretty much. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Or if you're AI built. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh... Uh, so, uh, that's really cool. Um, and then another thing I'm super impressed with is, so, uh, you know, is the, the mercy mechanic. Normally when games have a mercy mechanic, it's... What is a mercy mechanic before, let me stop you before you get too far. Like, where you can act, you don't have to kill the enemies when you fight them. You can, uh, have, uh, you can, like, spare them. Uh, okay. And... Uh, it's actually like a whole. You can actually play through the whole game like uh, uh, as a pacifist and not kill a single enemy. Is that is that beneficial? Uh, you get a different ending if you do that. Apparently, I haven't finished the game yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been told you get a different ending if you do that. But um, well, like, is there any negatives to to uh, to doing it? Uh, to being merciful rather than being so your dad i've been th- whenever i've asked my friends who've played you know all the, through the game multiple times stuff they won't tell me so uh i'm guessing like there's some kind of like plot spoiler reason they won't tell me or but, consequence yeah well and that's another thing is like consequence the game is like super like legit about like con- like your decisions have consequences, which mm-hmm. is cool. I love that. Like if you, it's almost uh, like real life. Yeah, <laughs> except more fun. Shout out to you, Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know, right? Like, uh, um, if you like, you know, kill another character's brother, like, uh, you don't just get to say, oh, that that's an alternative fact that I killed your brother. He's still alive. <laughs> like, that actually has consequences and ramifications on... And this is called like, Under- the- Undertale again. Just Undertale. Undertale, yeah. And uh, so, what was we say with the, the Mercy... The way the Mercy mechanic works is it's instead of, like, fighting the enemy, like, getting them down to zero hit points... It's essentially like pers- you're you have to solve like a logic puzzle. So 
to be merciful, you have to solve a logic puzzle. So get this. So otherwise, you're just not merciful. Is that so the deal? so like uh, <laughs> so there's like uh, there's this um uh you know so when you have each each turn you have a couple options. You can attack, you can uh, check, or you can use an item. Mm. Um, and check gives you information about that monster type, or you can do something to make their attacks less effective. Like for the evil snowman enemy, if you, you know, <laughs> uh, check, you can take their, their hat, and that makes their attacks I have no flaccid. idea what this game is, but it sounds like the perfect game for you. It, it's, oh, dude. <laughs> We've oh. already talked about snowmen. <laughs> urinal cakes <laughs> yeah and, and like so there's this one enemy it's like a deer monster and its horns <laughs> are like christmas trees its antlers are christmas trees <laughs> and like uh, if you hit check you know on it it tells you like you know attack strength defense value etc but then it also says uh drunken teenagers quote decorated its antlers and now it's mad at the world you sure this isn't the D campaign you invented <laughs> yes. turned into a video game <laughs> i know right seriously it, it seems like something i would make for right. D. um and so with using that information when you go to to hit the check option you're presented with the option to undecorate and if you use the undecorate option enough to get all the decorations off of its antlers, then it will just stop fighting you. Oh, well, interesting. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, and to your point there about, like, it seems like something that I would make. So, yeah, like, dude, there is, there is a village of cats in sweaters no. called Temmies. And they have little sweaters. Do you sweaters. know the creator? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish. I think you might have found your... Um, uh, soulmate? Yeah, your soulmate. <laughs> yeah. It's a village of cats and sweaters. <laughs> they have little wigs. They're little sweaters. <laughs> They're so cute. Wow. And you can pay for them to go to college. <laughs> what? What is this? <laughs> And like, what are uh, the graphics like? That like uh, it's intentionally made to look like Earthbound. Uh, it's like eight bit pixelated or sixteen yeah. bit pixelated because this game is the sequel to Earthbound that N- Nintendo will never give us. Because Earthbound, that's a series NES from yeah. and Lucas from Super Smash Brothers right. are from. And is is that game that ridiculous too? Uh, it, I I'm sure for its time. Or so yes, but Undertale feels like a modern version of Earthbound. Yeah, because in in Earthbound, yeah, you can do all kinds of goofy things like that, like of go to a goofy village of like cultists, like uh, <laughs> um, you can like uh uh. The just even the uh, a bee from the future tells you you need to like you know get your friends together and kill someone <laughs> before they become like the evil next Hitler that in the future. In Earthbound, yeah. Jesus, I've never really pl- like like I said like I always bring it back to Pokemon because that's really the only true RPG I've played. You know, I know everyone's like um, into Final Fantasy, but I've, all, I've you know I've played Super Mario RPG, but that has a lot of the same mechanics as Pokemon. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, um, but apparently they are a lot more like what is like a uh, Zelda like is that uh, adventure I think is the genre mm-hmm. that it's referred to as now. Okay, so it's not it's got some RPG elements. But, yeah, they're they're definitely but not some, not the action. 
yeah, there definitely are some like they're not like hard lines like they're definitely parts where different video game genres blur into each other mm-hmm. most people would call zelda an adventure game because it has like that it's it's a lot of exploration um the closest but, thing to super but smash yes, brothers it definitely has a rpg elements to it the closest thing the super smash brothers has to rpg is heroes game mechanics right uh yeah because of yeah. how he can like go and like click through some things but it's like it's not because you have to yeah, be quick exactly but uh, it's i like mean yeah f- this is uh this is kind of mind-blowing <laughs> yeah it's like a i know a uh a, 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 a few other things i wanted to mention about undertale that i just so this game to me is a it's a non-stop barrage of delightfulness like <laughs> so there's a part where like uh you can buy like you go to a cider mill and it, it's it's spider cider and if you read the sign it says spider cider for the four spiders by spiders made of spiders <laughs> and, and you can also buy donuts with the spider cider. Who do you pl- who do you play as? So it like with the Fisk is the default name, but it's it's Ness. You may the character looks like Ness. It's like Ness in that you can rename the character if you want to. It's Ness. Okay. And basically, it, it, the premise of the game is that like uh, you're this little kid. Mm-hmm. You're fat. You're a fat little kid in shorts and a striped shirt, <laughs> um, <laughs> who uh, goes mountain climbing, and you f- fall, <laughs> um, and you you tumble down like a, a crevice, and you you wake up deep underground, and you find that like uh, uh, monsters live uh, here in this underground world. And that they were sealed down here by humans back before, like, history, prehistory times. Mm. And you have to try and get back to the surface. And so you're uh, always going up. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it uh, like, oh, man, there's this one monster who bakes you a pie. And the slice of pie she gives you it gives restores you to max health. And but the but the pie itself is like right there in the room, and so if you 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 have the one slice, but if you go up to the pie to to try and get more, because that's a really good item, just being able to get like full health in one item, it says the size of the pie intimidates you too much to take another slice. <laughs> well, there's some definite definite uh, sexual innuendos there. Um, <laughs> also. I mean, you've referenced food a bunch during this, so like, of course you like this. Game. Oh yeah, like there's a ooh, there's a blue bunny. You ever you, who, you ever get who, really obsessed with Candy Crush? <laughs> so there's a blue bunny who sells ice cream. Isn't and, that like a fucking Mario sixty four trope? <laughs> Mario sixty four. Um, I don't know. Uh, it, it might not be in blue bunny. It's just a bunny that's you have to chase ice around. Cream. Yeah, that's the gold bunny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, blue bunny is an ice cream band. <laughs> Brand. I was just like, "What the fuck's an ice cream band?" <laughs> something. That's, that's some gonna... genre of music. Music you're gonna enlighten us with. <laughs> yeah, that's something I'm gonna have to put in my D and D now. Um, but there's like a there's a blue bunny that sells ice cream, and when you go to buy ice cream, he's like, "No, I don't sell ice cream. I sell nice cream." 
it's ice cream, but it says but something. But it's actually <laughs> lube. <laughs> but it's, it's ice cream, but it says something nice on the wrapper. And whenever you... It's like the Yogi tea of ice cream. Yeah, when you, whenever you eat a nice cream bar, it says something like... You wake up dizzy in an alley. <laughs> <laughs> and your butt hurts. <laughs> <laughs> oh we've all been there before <laughs> um, i mean i wish it, it's like uh it it's uh, it'll say something like uh uh love yourself i love you <laughs> love a, yourself because i did yeah <laughs> or like uh there's an game uh, sounding very rapey or like uh there's another item it's called a, a bicycle and you buy it from the ice cream bunny, and if you uh, use it, it says you eat uh, half of the bicycle, and then it's a unicycle, <laughs> a unicycle. So I guess it's two. And if you check, ask, get, look for an item description, it says bicycle, two popsicles conjoined together. Wait, wait, get it's two. You it's mean two. a unicycle? No, it's like a bicycle. It's two popsicles put together. A bicycle. <laughs> and if you eat one, then it just becomes a unicycle. So a pop. What? what a weird game. I love it. Uh, apparently. You know, you when you first started talking about it, I was like, yeah, I might try this out. Now I'm like, yeah, no, I'm staying far away from this. This sounds like not the kind of gameplay I like, and also I think it might be a little perverted. But... <laughs> okay, <laughs> shit. <I'm> a... <laughs> I haven't smiled so much while playing a video game in years. <laughs> the thought of you smiling like uncontrollably during this game sounds like um uh, the scariest thing I've ever. Th- envisioned in my own head i'm going to have nightmares of this <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> did you bring anything else to the table for this or did you did you go completely on this aspect of it on your research uh so so i have a few other things but uh, did did was there something you wanted to uh, bring up in the entertainment section um nothing that uh is super pertinent um i just i did want to shout out search party um one of my favorite shows that just started their fourth season i did just found it out that they just started their fourth season mm-hmm. um but that show is amazing um it's on hbo max everybody check it out um alia shawkat the girl from arrested development um, but what else? Oh did you man, have? Arrested Development is a fun show. Yeah, um, <laughs> maybe she was. She's uh, maybe in that. The, oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. Like, are you my cousin? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, name the character. Just <laughs> done that one thing. Gosh, oh man, and I love, I love that episode of. Uh, oh, I love that episode of uh, Arrested Development where they're in prison and. The I can't remember who it is, but the the oh we paused. No, we're good. Okay, cool. Uh, I love that. Then uh, they go to prison, and uh, there's that one member of the Bluth family who gets stabbed by White Power Bill, and White Power <laughs> Bill like comes up, like stabs him, and yells White Power, <laughs> and the guy as he's what? getting stabbed just goes, but I am white. Ugh. <laughs> 
I've actually never watched all of Arrested Development. I've only seen like snippets. Oh, it's so funny. It's <laughs> such a good show. There's always money in the banana stand, Nick. Remember, <laughs> there's always money in the banana stand. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you have to watch and find out. <laughs> Is there any other shows you've been fucking with? Wait. Yes. Yeah, so wait, wait. I, uh, I, uh, um, got my i badgered my mom into uh watching uh avatar the last airbender with me oh a lot of people have been talking about that yeah it's such a fun show i'm so happy it's popular again because it's this like uh, american made you know nickelodeon anime uh from like 2004 or 2003 and uh uh basically uh, in this world where you know there be these like ele- elemental benders, and each bender can bend one of the four elements: air, earth, water, mm. fire. And uh, what 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 um what sign are you? I have no clue. What do you mean you have no clue? Uh, I should know. I I I. You're the twenty fifth. Yes. you're a Pisces. Yeah, let's go with that. I think you're a Pisces. <laughs> yeah, it's like we've done. We've looked this up before, and I never <laughs> remember what my sign is, but. <laughs> You're um, a water sign. Okay, cool. Um, I'm an air sign. Oh, neat. I think all yeah. The, so you're very free spirited. I mean, yeah. Do you, <laughs> would you contest that? No. <laughs> uh, and so basically, uh, if you can bend one of the four elements, like that's that's it. That's your element. But there is a like a spiritual being called the Avatar, who is the only one who can bend all four elements. Um, and every time the avatar dies, they're reincarnated. Um, and the avatar is like the they're they're the de facto like superhero like you know peacekeeper of the world. Yeah. And uh, avatar disappeared a hundred years ago. Uh, evil like ruler of the Fire Nation like tried to conquer the world and genocided a bunch of people. And now it's basically like the uh, the Earth Nation. Uh, that is just like on its last legs and the air nation and the water nation are kind of dead already um and uh, so air and water are dead so we're both dead yeah I, we're well we're not technically dead we're just kind of either like and it's only refugees earth? earth's the only one left yeah that's the only one that really earth stands a fire? chance yeah why did water die which doesn't water kill fire uh uh surprise attacks what <laughs> um so the they didn't the, the Fire Nation didn't declare war like honorable you know combatants they they just you know engage in surprise attacks they're kind of meat jerks about it oh okay yeah um but <laughs> fucking Aries yeah seriously but uh you know basically the the last uh, Avatar disappeared a hundred years ago and only uh, uh only now like uh a uh, hundred years later uh, uh the the new avatars uh, reincarnation finally reemerges in the world, and to try and stop that from happening, the Fire Nation has genocided all of the Airbenders, and so this one is the last Airbender left on the planet. And Me, yeah, yeah, I'm an air person. Yeah, so even n- though my sign is the water bearer, I am an air sign. <laughs> yeah, go figure. <laughs> um, but it's it's a super fun like a, a adventure show uh it, it's it's heartwarming it's entertaining throughout like even its filler episodes are like a cut above like most other shows yeah like uh um 
you know, and these... Uh, Do you think it would work in a live action? Uh, so M. Night Shyamalan did a disgracefully bad live action avatar movie mm-hmm. i one of the worst movies i've ever seen yeah, maybe i'll review it on my other yeah, seriously <laughs> uh if you guys did that on well that sucked that would make me happy <laughs> um so at, gosh pete we're, we're all skeptical all, all of us avatar fans are skeptical that it can work in live action just just because of the m night Shyamalan movie yeah but it, if they can make it work i would be down for that but it, it's like you know, is it like when uh, they try to do the, uh, the um, Dragon Ball Z movie, mm-hmm. like how bad it was? Yeah, just... like it's like that. Yes, it's like the live action Dragon Ball Z movie. It's just mm-hmm. like, what were you thinking? Yeah, I mean, give it to Disney. Like, yeah, <laughs> which I know is not the the greatest thing for entertainment, but they know what the fuck they're doing because they hire the best and the most expensive people. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like the popularity of Avatar, like I. I I still have yet to watch it, but um uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. Like, it it's, it's I know like you if you're like for just like a a, a light hearted but intelligent and consistently entertaining like adventure show, you can't do better. Why is it called Avatar? Uh, because the the main character uh the the main character uh Aang is the new uh, reincarnation of the Avatar. And, and what that, is the Avatar? The Avatar is the the only one in the world who can bend all four elements, and not just one. I got you. Um, we are joined now. You're putting on these headphones, actually. They might be easier. <laughs> um, uh, we're joined now by Sophia Bastis. Uh, all these headphones aren't working for her. But we're gonna oh, no. <laughs> uh, your mic should be on. You should be live. Hello. Hi. So I'm sitting here listening to you talk about Avatar, and it's like one of my all-time favorite. Yes! Yeah! <laughs> it's one of my all-time favorite cartoons, and just like everything you're saying is super on point. Oh, so. Thank you. Yes. I had to come in and chime in because it's literally I was expecting you to come in anyway. We still have a whole political segment to get through, but. <laughs> well, well, and, and yeah. Welcome, it's, everybody. It's, it's, Sophia Bastis to the room. Yes. Uh, hello, Sophia. <laughs> Hi. Um, yeah, because I haven't seen the show, like, the oh, the original, like, Avatar in, you know, like a decade. And, you know, basically, I wanted to rewatch it, and I badgered my mom into watching it with me. And uh, it's so fun to watch someone's, like, first, like, re- uh, experience with it. Yes. Yeah. Gosh. It, it, it's, uh, it, <laughs> it's so fun. The only thing, the, 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 the episode uh, with the, I think it was with the, the tanks at the, uh, the air temple. Uh-huh. She's like, oh, how come they have tanks? I'm just like, no, explain that. Just be patient. <laughs> Have you ended up watching The Legend of Korra? Uh, I, yes. It's been a long time, but yes. So, like, that's the sequel to uh, Avatar, Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. And some people kind of give it shit. But honestly, if you stick through, like, the first season, because there's this kind of, like, silly love triangle that happens, and you're just like, okay, come on. But, it, like, A, it's a kid's show. But then B, once you get over that hump, like it is honestly so good. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. So yeah, the so Avatar: The Last Airbender 
is three seasons long, and it, it's, it's only three it's, seasons. Yeah, it, it's three. It, like it's it's just consistently excellent. And then the Legend of Korra is the sequel series to that. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, I, I know a lot of people don't like it as much as the original Avatar. I loved it. I even loved that love triangle you're talking about yeah. from season one. I I thought I honest to goodness. Watching that was like, wow, this is the best teen love triangle I've ever seen in <laughs> anime. So good. Well, because like even at the very end, when you reached like the last season of Legend of Korra, it literally tells you the whole storyline of the first ever Avatar, which I think is absolutely yeah. amazing. And there's like one whole episode dedicated to like the whole creation of the first Avatar that was like brought about, and it literally like I literally have chills right now because I'm like, it's just. The theory behind it all, the elements, like everything is just so chef's kiss. It's just like the second to last episode of Lost. (laughs) I actually have never seen Lost. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Basically, uh, with Lost, it's a good time, does not make any sense in the end. Okay. Slow your roll a little bit. (laughs) You're talking about my baby over here. Year number three, college. That's the last time you guys will all hear the drop, the president grabbed me because it is changing to the president smelled me after this podcast. Mm. <laughs> we we made it. We we survived the Trump presidency. We fucking survived, guys. The genesis of this podcast happened four years ago after this date with a couple weeks to spare. But wow. I <laughs> I'm like I don't know. I'm I'm feeling weird that it's that it's over, and that it kind of actually feels like it's over, mainly due to Twitter permanently banning banning Trump, Facebook mm-hmm. and Instagram, like in 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 def- I don't know what the word indefinitely indefinitely um mm-hmm. uh, banning Trump, <clears throat> and uh, just slowly choking the life out of this guy's presence on social media. Like there has been people that have been saying like, oh, this is anti free speech whatever like okay well you know what might be more dangerous than banning free speech is (laughs) having the ability for somebody to just funnel lies into the consciousness whenever the fuck they want so you know you win some you lose some but this is a good thing uh so um uh earlier this morning Oh my gosh. So earlier this morning, uh, you know, I I watched uh, you know, now President Biden's uh inauguration and I have to say I think regardless of your uh, political affiliation, I think the fact that we have now our first ever uh woman uh vice president is something that we can all be proud of. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Kamala Harris is our vice president officially now. Yeah. We have our first uh, first husband. Yeah. I know, isn't that cool? Um Yeah. So so uh I um so so this morning like I like as a political self designated political junkie. Like uh, <laughs> I I this waking up today was like waking up on Christmas morning. Like and the the events of the day were like Christmas presents to open up. Especially uh, with the um ridiculousness the last two Wednesdays have been upon y- us. Yeah. We have the first so far, these are the first three Wednesdays in twenty twenty one. 
insurrection mm-hmm. at the Capitol, mm-hmm. impeachment for the second time, a historical moment against the president, and now the inauguration of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. Like, so I guess I'll take it from the top. Um, I did listen to uh, now former President Trump's uh, uh, former President Trump sounds so fucking gosh good. yeah so yeah I it might for, just be the seven point five percent beers but I'm certain it's not yeah it, it's like <laughs> I, I it shouldn't be it shouldn't be too much of a secret if you listen to this podcast at all but I am not a fan of Donald Trump this is your first time listening and you disagree with our opinions unsubscribe (laughs) (laughs) uh or or have enough like intellectual integrity to hear out someone who disagrees with you yeah have as big of balls as tom brady does as we discussed earlier (laughs) yeah um so uh i i thought trump's like final speech as president extremely disappointing like uh, he he just yammered about how what a perfect awesome dude he was and how everyone loved him and how like he gave Biden the best economy literally ever and let's hope that Biden doesn't screw up the perfect country that I've left him. Uh, uh, I mean, I hope that too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I don't think m- m- many of much of that is factual. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, uh, um, yeah, I, 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 okay, so more Americans have died from COVID-19 than died in, to, in World War Two to the, you know, fascists, um, you can't have that happen under your watch as president and be like, everything was perfect, like, I'm so awesome, love me, <laughs> uh, but uh, um and so that that was just the Donald Trump should be ashamed of himself for that speech that was just so self-aggrandizing and he's egotistical weak thumbs down from Vinny uh so um then uh uh um also and then also like uh he demanded a, a 21 gun salute and a, a red carpet it's like bro you're the one who called the 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 tomb of the unknown soldier a tomb for losers, and that the the people like sol- servicemen and women who have died for our country call them losers. Uh, you know, like bro, like you're you you should be ashamed of yourself for asking the military to give you a twenty one gun salute on your way out the door, jerk. You know, honestly, um, I want to give Trump a twenty one gun salute because this podcast would not exist without. <laughs> him becoming a thing mm-hmm. <laughs> and i've had there's there has not been an episode of this podcast that did not talk about donald trump mm-hmm. and i think hopefully putting it to bed this this final podcast mm-hmm. as him you know th- like today started with him as our president and it ends with him not being our president yeah just a historic day <laughs> My dad texts me in the morning. He's like, um, it's going to be cold out there today. Uh, make sure you wear some coats because it's minus 45. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, you know, like, all right, so if, if I'm, if I'm going to put any kind of sugar coating on the Trump presidency, it is the presidency that got me super involved in the politics, that got me checking the news every single day and to a point where it is part of my 
part of my daily ritual where mm-hmm. I'm going to continue doing this, mm-hmm. which is going to help me hold Joe Biden's feet to the fire to continue. Yeah. So hopefully he can continue doing the the movements that I believe in and mm-hmm. the 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 unalienable rights that I believe every citizen should have. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like honestly, everything Trump did was terrible. But sometimes it takes negativity to breed flowers. And it, 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 it sometimes it takes <laughs> like the threat of you losing. need shit to Some, grow shit. Sometimes it <laughs> takes the threat of losing something you love to realize how much you love something. Exactly. That's that's just how life works. Shit eats shit and grows into fucking flowers. <laughs> It's a it's a constant cycle, constant cycle. <laughs> uh, it, and 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 so um, you know my my dad and I actually uh, watched uh, Biden's inauguration um, earlier today and uh, um, give us the you know, highlights. So yeah yeah um, so uh, you know uh, I, I wouldn't describe myself as a a patriot. But I have never been so happy to hear the Pledge of Allegiance, like, before today. Like, uh, it, like uh, hearing, like, the Pledge of Allegiance, the Star-Spangled Banner, Lady Gaga, this land is out. my land. Like, yeah, Lady Gaga <laughs> singing the Star-Spangled Banner, like, was great. It, it was great. Like, she did such a good job with that. And that came out of nowhere. <laughs> um like uh um and then i saw they, a tweet today had, it's like i can't believe kamala harris saw lady gaga in concert before i did yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and, and then yeah like like i said first ever like woman vice president excellent rock on mm-hmm. then um you know having um uh jo- supreme court justice john roberts um swear in joe biden as president i thought that was a well i mean john roberts is the chief justice but i also thought it was a nice gesture that john roberts is a conservative Mm -hmm. supreme court justice and he's swearing in a democratic president like uh, a nice gesture of hey like uh you know democrats aren't like uh um terrorists like we're not, we're yeah, not. <laughs> yeah like we don't we, we're, we're of different political opinions but we don't have to try and kill each other we can work together right um, like y'all can coexist it yes. doesn't have to be so one-sided you mm-hmm. know? um and uh so um it's like a, so, it's, a day, so, it's a day for tears because of how what we went through these last four years mm-hmm. with a division that trump has intentionally sowed and mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Joe Biden preaching unity, like that—that's great and all. Like that—that that is that is important, but we do have to, I don't know, continue continue on with like true equality with everybody. Well, and so, but, like this is not well, the time so for that. I a guess a few, a but. few, a few other points. Well, so no, I agree, but a few other points I want to mention from the inauguration. I thought uh, Joe Biden's inaugural speech was really good. Um, he he is the dis, distilled in with simplest form. It was like we we have a lot of work to do. There are a lot of injustices that cannot be allowed to persist into the future. Um, but you know, uh, let's let, you know. I I really want to you know leave this country better in a better state. 
mm-hmm. when I leave office than it is here when I enter office. And I believe that we can come together and make a nation that, uh, you know, lives up to I mean, its highest ideals. It's not going to be hard to do <laughs> to, <laughs> to leave it better than what it, you came into yeah. it with. And, and, and it's like... We are, uh, we are in, like, our lowest of... Like, I... Like, I don't even know when it was lower than this. Maybe the Great Depression. Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, it, yeah, it, we have it's, a. We it's are. Like it, it, it's like I like I said in uh, uh uh you know a previous episode of the podcast. I think millennials and Zoomers have more in common with the greatest generation than the baby boomers ever will. Uh, well, for what yeah. we went through, but um, the the few other points I wanted to make was, uh, you know, there was a constant like uh, sentiments of, you know, uh, democracy has prevailed, you know, that like the peaceful transfer of power from one leader to another is something that it's both simultaneously incredibly mundane and extraordinary, and that really resonated with me. Um, you know, yeah, Biden yeah, it, said that it sucks uh, that I have to say shout out to Mike Pence. I know for right? doing his goddamn job mm-hmm. and uh, being the one that after the insurrection at the Capitol actually went through and did the uh, thing that they've been doing since the genesis of the Constitution. Yeah, and then being the one that was actually at the inauguration mm-hmm. rather than Trump leaving off, fading into the sunset, hopefully to never be seen again. But I, I mean. That's a that maybe for the second segment of this political uh, thing, but well, and, and like uh, to your point there, like uh, you know, it, it's it's traditional for the outgoing president to send Air Force One to go pick up the incoming president and take them to Washington D.C. Trump did not do that, just as an act of spite to Biden. Yeah, no, he used it to go to Florida. Yeah, um, so. Uh, you know, just Trump being a, a, a sore loser there um, because he is a loser. And he fucking used and, Frank and, Sinatra on his, on his goddamn uh, send-off speech. Like, I had it my way. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I heard from the CNN <laughs> cameras. Mm-hmm. They, weren't, they weren't just playing that. That was just recorded audio. Not recorded audio, but like they were picking up audio of from <laughs> Trump's uh, goodbye or goodbye speech Mm -hmm. and it's like come on you had it your way um yeah i guess and Mm -hmm. it sucked man well that sucked yeah (laughs) and and, and like uh it's not as catchy as maga but i liked it that biden said let's make america a leading force for good in the world again Mm, Lama? Lama? Lama! Yes! (laughs) Let's make America lead again. Yeah. Yeah. Lama. Lama! Yes, Lama! 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 Uh, Someone hire us. Yeah. Come on, on, DNC. uh, and then um, we'll spit on the faces of our enemies. And, and then, <laughs> like uh, Obama would. The um, <laughs> it, you know, it, it, it was just like uh, um, you know, it it just felt great seeing these like just professional statesman like norms being reasserted. Mm. And it, you know, I think if it were any other year, I'd say uh, if it was any other year, I'd be saying. 
Biden's inaugural speech was filled with, uh, you know, empty platitudes and, you know, cliches, but gosh, it's just like, oh, just shower me in the cliches, Biden. Just yeah. give me give me that, like, sane, intelligent positivity. Give me this for a minute, and then let us, let, let us just bask in the glory of ending so much hatred. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then, like, well, well, but yeah. now, like, because, like mm-hmm. I, I don't want to keep a like uh simping for trump or whatnot but i would truly not like if if trump didn't exist i would not have cared about politics probably because it would just be the status quo because you know i'm a privileged white man Mm -hmm. (laughs) but now i realize the injustices in the world and uh we're gonna like it he Mm -hmm. has changed politics hopefully for the better like he made him very very bad for well, a time. It, 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 it's no the I what you're saying is really good. It's like that. It's when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. And mm-hmm. what better way to respond to the Trump presidency than to be more politically edge well educated mm-hmm. and to be more educated about like issues with this country that need improving? Yeah, like when life t- gives turn you lemons. That, turn that negative <laughs> into a positive. When life gives you lemons filled with fucking grenades. Come back with something fucking stronger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and- I came back with some strikers, <laughs> some F-16s, <laughs> maybe an Abrams tank too. Yeah, maybe we maybe we do need to dismantle. That is the one thing that Trump can say is that he is one of the only presidents that had let us let us into like a global war. <sighs> Uh, so, uh, one other like, uh, well, what am I doing two, here? Two, what am I? Other, why am I saying two, good things about Trump? <laughs> so, well, no, no. I mean, I, I totally get you. It's like let's we have this to work with. Let's make some positives out of it. Mm-hmm. It's totally serious. Let's like no point in like uh, pouting about it. Like let's 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 turn it into something awesome. Uh, Two other, like, really cool things I want to mention, or one other cool thing from the inauguration I want to mention is the National Youth Poet Laureate, Amanda Gorman. Um, She was super. What a wordsmith. Like, I don't know if either of you two heard her poet, or sorry, uh, like, uh, poetry she read, you know. Poem, thank you. You can tell I'm not big into poetry. You're just missing one consonant. That's but, it. But uh, like, but it was really good. Like, uh, from some coming from someone who knows like uh, Jack Squat about poetry, like Jack Squat so, sounds like a term Joe Biden's going to use a lot during yes. his presidency. Uh, like uh, um, the her dang like, nabbit. Yeah, John Flapjack's confound it. Um, uh, you know, her, um, poem was, it was super, like, motivating and invigorating and uplifting. Do you have and, it? Uh, I don't have, I mean, it's five minutes long, which, oh. so I didn't write the whole thing down, but it's, uh, Amanda Gorman is her name. I totally recommend looking her up, just her, her poem up on YouTube for the inauguration. It, it's super. Like, I mean, it, it's like... It, it, it's both a call to action mm-hmm. about all the like messes we have to clean up and also incredibly unifying and the way that she spoke it too was very it like 
there was a lot of willpower in it. And then yeah. the way that she spoke, it gave me that willpower. Mm-hmm. Like, it made me feel good and, like, want to act. Mm-hmm. You know, my boss is pretty cool. And she, when I got into work today, they had um, the inaugural. Uh, can't even say the word. Inaugural. <laughs> yes. Inaugural. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the, you know, they had it playing in our back room. And she goes... Um, when you have like come and watch it because I want everybody to at least experience it you know even if we're at work and I was mm-hmm. like what a cool boss yeah, yeah. <laughs> no I, I that mad props to your boss yeah like uh, that the having the having that attitude still of hey this is our next president we should all be like uh, paying taking some time out of our day to to see what their like introductory statement is yeah so cool good it was really cool so when i got into work today i just like took took my coat off and dropped my stuff off and i watched it for a little bit and the only parts of the speech that i got to see was biden definitely talking about like the unification of everybody and saying like you know we've been apart for so long but like now's the time to bring us back together mm-hmm. and i thought like that was cool mm-hmm. and then i got to see a little bit of her poem as well and like yeah. that was really beautiful yeah so, it, so and, can, and, can i and, can i can i ask you guys okay. something yeah. where, were, where were you guys four years ago today uh, like when so trump when trump I, gets inaugurated oh so i i'm certain you remember oh, where you were oof. i remember where i was let's hear go it. ahead so okay i don't even know if it was when he got inaugurated but like it was during like the whole when maybe trump just won the election yeah and so i was in college at the time and it was literally my first year of college and mm. this is probably your first ever time uh, voting in an election yes it was and so i just remember me and my friends um they had a projector for their tv so the whole wall was just filled with the tv you know and we're mm. just sitting there and like it was you could hear a pin drop between like every moment of silence because everybody was just sitting there so silent so still like chills through the room people like slowly crying to themselves Mm -hmm. and like because i went to the college for creative studies it's a very like liberal like artsy fartsy campus you know and people like the administrative people were like oh yeah like we can all just take the next day off because we're all really sad that Trump is president. So it was like the next day, like nobody went to class. Nobody did anything, even though it was like a regular Thursday. But like they're like, take the day off or Tuesday. Yeah. Like, take the day off. We're fine. So. (laughs) So I honest to goodness don't remember where I was the day. The, the actual day of Trump's inauguration. Yeah, yeah. But no, I'm talking. The, I guess I'm talking more of uh, when he got so so president elect. I, I was uh, a paid employee on a Democratic senatorial campaign in 2016. Uh, thanks, Nino, for getting me that job. Best <laughs> job I've ever had. Um, uh, um, and uh, so I, you know obviously you know election night you know there's a there's a a reception we're we're at a reception hall you know we're there's catered food for all the employees you know we worked really hard that was such an insane year but uh you know um you know so a democratic candidate is who i was working for and so you know when it you know we're we're there there are projectors you know we're watching the election night results come in and 
um, you know, as it became clear that Trump was going to be the victor. And I want to mention that we like we knew that Trump was going to win Michigan. Okay, like uh, even though I know a lot of the pundits and the media like didn't they were taken by surprise that us on the who were actually on the ground, we could tell the the Hillary campaign was doing a terrible job in Michigan mm-hmm. and that Trump was going to win Michigan. That was not a surprise to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, like uh, um because, I mean, seriously, when, you know, the the um, campaign, you know, is saying like, oh, well, our newest uh, post on Facebook got 80 million bajillion likes on Facebook. That don't mean squat when you're walking <laughs> down a, a street and like eight out of 10 houses have a Trump Pence lawn sign and a locker up Trump like lawn sign. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but I still remember, um, uh, you know, w- once it was like one hundred percent that tr- Trump was the the winner. Like, uh, um, it, it you know the, we were all depressed. Like, no one was happy about that <laughs> about Trump. But um, uh, you know, one of the 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 girls there started to, started to cry, understandably. And my uh, campaign or the the manager of my like campaign office that I was working out of, uh, Ryan Stevenson, cool dude. Uh, um, he uh, he he started. He he was so good. He was able to like cheer people up. Um, you know, motivate them, and he starts, starts like uh, he brought out this this big bottle of like uh, um liquor. I don't know, it was like wild turkey or something oh yeah he's like is like uh you know uh, he started he he just changed the conversation to let's think about what country we're all gonna flee to now now that trump's the president and uh he he like he he really turned what something that was totally could have been just an insanely like depressing miserable night into something like funny and fun and uh um and you know everyone's talking about how they're they're gonna you know which country they're gonna flee to what they're gonna do in their new country and and i'm like ooh, so i i think it would be really cool to like uh um go to uh like you know iceland and you know uh work in their like geo one of their geothermal power plants and like uh and ryan stevenson my boss like shut up finny we all know we, you don't. You don't have to be. You don't have anything to be worried about. We all know he's not going to kill you. He needs someone to play that flamethrower guitar for him. <laughs> um, I remember uh, being at Benny's for questionary because they used to have that on Tuesdays, and I remember watching the initial results come in, and like they they came in like quickly for Texas, and like Hillary is winning Texas, and I'm like, dude, like look at this. Because uh, the the girl I was dating at the time, the Mel drops that we have, um, she was so nervous, and I was just like super confident, and like yeah, there's no way Trump wins this. Hillary's gonna win in a landslide, and then I get home here, and I'm watching the results come in, and like this where where we're podcasting right now was my bedroom, and I'm watching the results come in on this fucking TV, and I'm like. Oh my god! And then I text, <laughs> I text Nino. I'm like, Nino, you told me this is like a guaranteed win. <laughs> and then I text my dad, like, Hey, Dad, 
Hillary can start rigging this election whenever you want, because I know he voted third party because of uh, propaganda and shit that it was uh, <laughs> she was selected, not elected. And I'm like, and then like eventually I'm like, just give in. And I'm like, oh my god, I had to deal with this for four years. Like, and like I can't even talk to my girlfriend because she's pissed me for being so confident and everything. And then we wore black for a month. And, and, and like, like thinking about that night, like that I have so clear in my memory right now. This is the end of it. This is the end of that night. We have Joe Biden and Kamala Harris getting into office in a crazy fucking world. Like, I would have never predicted, like, a pandemic. You can't predict that shit. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> maybe, maybe I could have predicted the whatever Trump turned all this conspiracy theory bullshit into with QAnon and with, with the insurrection at the Capitol based on him saying everything is fake news except for what he says mm-hmm. like there is so there like there is so much work to do like we already have a crippling pandemic mm-hmm. a crippling economy due to the pandemic crippling climate change happening like come on this is even winter here in michigan yet <laughs> like yeah um, and but the biggest thing we have to I, I feel like one of the biggest things we have to do that might be understated is de-radicalizing people from fucking QAnon conspiracies because there's a bunch of videos online of people like crying begging Trump for mercy because they think that Joe Biden is the devil like they truly think that he is the devil like (laughs) and we have so much the -hmm. biggest thing that we have to accomplish as a country it's not it's it's not the pandemic I mean that's an important thing it's not climate change it is Finding a way for people to believe in things that are actually true, which it, 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 it seems like it, a bigger hurdle than anything else. It, it's definitely going to be a struggle, but I am happy that in his inaugural address, Biden said we need to reject the culture of you know uh, fabricating uh, reality, of fabricating facts. Yeah, you know, it's all it, it stems from social media. It, it's it's like in these uh, echo chambers. Um, you know, if if either I don't know if either of you two have seen the social dilemma on Netflix. I have not seen it's it. I know in about my it. List. it. It's really good. <laughs> uh, I would wholeheartedly recommend it. It's cool. a documentary on Netflix about the the ways social media companies right. negatively influence our culture and society. Mm-hmm. Which um, is all a stem of capitalism. And, and uh, it, it's really good. Uh, I watch it but the 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 gist of it is that um like social media companies they they want you they want you to feel like the world is your whatever whatever your values are doesn't matter what they are whatever they are they want you to feel like your values are on the brink of extinction and that it's a fight it's like the last stand and a fight to the death and everything sucks because like uh um you actually uh, i remember the like back in 2014 i was in ireland and i saw that this was all over the news that like uh, facebook wants to make people depressed because when you're like 
when you're depressed and miserable and you feel like not just you but your whole world view ideology whatever is going to be destroyed you're actually more likely to buy things and so to get you in that prime like get you prime to buy things from their advertisers uh they want to put you in that mindset and um uh, you know so they have a financial interest to to radicalize you to make you feel desperate um and it's super screwed up wholeheartedly recommend it though well um vince that's some good words to end it on some good suggestions so this has been the split six podcast vince where can we find you follow you anything you want to promote so you can't find me anywhere right now a few (laughs) things i want to say that biden says he want to do wants to do his executive order like uh uh, actions like as soon as he gets in office he's done a couple yeah uh return the united states to the Paris Climate Accord, end the Muslim uh, travel ban, extend nationwide restrictions on evictions and foreclosures, implement a mask mandate on federal property, and restore federal workers' rights to unionize. So some good stuff right out of the gate, day one. Sophia, where can we find you, follow you? I'm on private, so you can't follow me. Okay. <laughs> you can find me at Nick Wagella on Twitter and Instagram. Find my other podcast, Well That Sucked. Wherever you can find podcasts, find my other other podcast, 10 Dev Challenge, wherever, or actually only on YouTube. Remember, it's more important to listen to. I'm sorry, Dylan always fucks me up with this with Well That Sucked. It's more important to listen to somebody else than it is for you to listen to them. Wait. It's more important <laughs> for you to listen to These someone else. These are 7.5 percent viewers. <laughs> yeah. listen, listen to people. Like, listen to people even if you disagree with them, you'll be better off for it. Also, I'm going to read this poem uh, to end it. Uh, you guys don't You guys don't have to stick around for this. You guys can go chill. But I'm going to read this poem by... No, I want to be here. By uh, Amanda Gorman because... Oh, I, yeah. I read, yes! I read a bit of it and I and I want to just keep it going for the, for the end of this. This is the only time I've ever gone through that and I don't I'm not going to keep that at the end but I'm going to keep this in when day comes we ask ourselves where can we find light in this never ending shade the loss we carry a sea we must wade we bravely (laughs) we brave the belly of the beast we learn that quiet isn't always peace and the norms and notions of what just is isn't always just ice and yet the dawn is ours before we knew it somehow we do it somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken we the successors of a country and a time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one And yes, we are far from polished, far from pristine. But that doesn't mean we are striving to form a union that is perfect. We are striving to forge a union with purpose. To compose a country committed to all cultures, colors, characters, and conditions of man. And so we lift our gaze not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. We close the divide.
because we know to put our future first. We must first put our differences aside. We lay down our arms so we can reach out our arms to one another. We seek harm to no one in harmony for all. Let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true. That even as we grieved, we grew. That even as we hurt, we hoped. That even as we tired, we tried. That we'll forever be tied together victorious. Not because we will never again know defeat, but because we will never again sow division. Scriptures tell us to envision that everyone shall sit there under their own vine and fig tree. And no one shall make them afraid. If we're to live up to our own time, then victory won't lie in the blade, but in all the bridges we've made. That is the promise to Glade, the hill we climb, if only we dare. It's because being American is more than a pride we inherit. It is, this pa- it is the past we step into and how we repair it. We've seen a force that would shatter our nation rather than share it. Would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy. And this effort very nearly succeeded. But while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never be permanently defeated. In this truth, in this faith we trust, for while we have our eyes on the future, History has its eyes on us. This is the era of just redemption. We feared at its its inception. We did not feel prepared to be the heirs of such a terrifying hour. But with it, we found the power to author a new chapter, to offer hope and laughter to ourselves. So while once we asked... How can we possibly prevail over a catastrophe? Now we assert. How could a catastrophe possibly prevail over us? We will not march back to what was, but the move to what we shall be, a country that is bruised but whole, benevolent but bold, fierce but free. We will not be turned around or interrupted by intimidation because we know our inaction and inertia will be the inheritance of the next generation our blunders become their burdens but one thing is certain if we merge mercy with might and might with right then love becomes our legacy and change our children's birthright so let us leave behind a country better than the ones we we were left with every breath from my bronze pounded chest We will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one. We will rise from the gold-tempered hills of the west. We will rise from the wind-swept northeast, where our forefathers first realized revolution. We will rise from the lake-rimmed cities of the Midwestern states. We will rise from the sun-baked south. We will rebuild, reconcile, and recover. And every known nook of our nation and every corner called our country, our people, diverse and beautiful, will emerge, battled and beautiful. 
When day comes, we will step out of the shade, aflame and unafraid. The new dawn blooms as we free it, for there is always light. If only we were brave enough to see it. If only we were brave enough to be it.